What's up, everybody? This is Stick to Football, Bleacher Reports, College Football and NFL Draft Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Miller. Monday morning, no Connor, sadly, but Mello and I are here to give you dueling mock drafts. No pianos, mock drafts. This this might be the first mock draft that I've had to create in a very long time, actually, like since we were children. Yeah. That's okay. Uh, I enjoyed doing it. Yeah, doing it, it on my own. It's a little different. It's a fun exercise, not only because, like, I, I have told you this for years— I think the disconnect between where fans are and where we are as analysts is that like, it's easy to say like, this guy's going to be a first rounder. You know, it's easy to say like Trayvon Mullins going first round and like, it kind of sounds good. But then once you actually like get in there and think about team needs and fits and player value, I I think you ultimately come back down a little bit and you might be like, you know what? Like maybe this corner class isn't as good as we thought, or maybe, you know, this tackle class needs one more dude in there. And I I think those are some of the things that I found out doing a a post free agency mock draft with you. Yeah. And definitely with like the edge rushers, I think a lot of these guys really solidified themselves as like they're going in the first round. And then there are some others like, you know, Ferguson who are maybe kind of slipping Jaikai polite with his combine and everything that went there. Some of these guys who we thought were going to be in the first round, maybe even had mocked as high as 12, they're not up there anymore. Yeah, and we've seen it. It would be fun to go back to the first mock draft Monday and look at the the evolution of this. But before we get to the picks, Mello, uh, let's talk about Montez Sweat. Ian Rappaport of NFL Network reported on Sunday as we were driving home from Nashville that Montez Sweat has a low-risk heart condition. Teams know about it. Sweat knew about it. And it, I thought it was interesting that in the report, Rappaport had in there that his agent's basically statement of, like, this guy dominated at Mississippi State. The senior bowl, the combine, is not a big deal. Right, and it is one of those low risk. They knew about it. They let him work out at the combine. Teams know about it, and no one is talking about it. I think this is just news that is kind of breaking, but it's not impactful. Yeah, and and our guy, and our guy Jim Nagy came out and said on Twitter, he was like, he actually had a problem with the fact that, not like taking a shot at Rapport specifically, but the fact that like this is an industry of, reporting about players' injuries. And it really got Mm -hmm. me thinking um, because we had a lot of time to just sit and drive today and think of, should we be doing that? You know, like, I I first and foremost, there are HIPAA laws that I would think would... Exactly. I do not understand it at all. I don't understand how, like, the Patriots got in trouble for not reporting injuries. That is a person's right. I, I really don't understand how that's mandated that you can report an injury or a health problem about somebody. Uh, anybody who's ever worked in any kind of health profession knows that you can't talk about people's health. But for some reason, the NFL gets away with it, and nobody even talks about it. Yeah, and what's uh, a couple of years ago? Remember when Jason Pierre-Paul had the the firework accident, and he, he you know blew off a couple of fingers. Adam Schefter like tweeted out the X-ray and like the medical report, and JBP sued him, and he was able to do that, and they settled the lawsuit. I'm sure that ESPN paid him a ton of money to make yep. this go away. It seemed like it was a big deal because he tweeted out the picture, not just, you know, an agent tells me, hey, um, you know, whatever it might be. Um, you know, there was Nasir Adderley, the senior bull, played with a high ankle sprain. He told us that on the podcast. So I yeah. felt okay tweeting it out. But, you know, it's something that, that I've really not thought about a whole lot of what should I do? You know, am I just doing what everyone else does to stay relevant? But should I be? So I think, like, to me, that is, I think, something that we kind of all individually have to, like, think about. And, you know, obviously, like, we all have bosses, and they're going to kind of also inform that decision. But, it like, that was an interesting, like, thought process for me of what 
with Jim coming out saying like, this shouldn't be able to happen. Like that information should be personal and private. And if the player wants it out there, it should come out. Otherwise we shouldn't know about it. And teams are going to know about it. We obviously you can't keep that from an NFL team. It would be like me having to take a physical to work a bleacher report because they're going to an NFL event before you work at a lot of jobs. You have to go get a physical. So yeah, the team should know about it. I know the fans want to know about it. They have no right to know about it, or anybody in the media does. The NFL, they just get their information leaked from time to time. Yeah, it is uh, it is weird. It, it, it's something that, like I said, I, if, you, if you listen to this and you're in the media, like, get my DMs. I would love to talk to people about this, like how we should be handling it. And instead of just following a blueprint of other people, you know, who have set this precedent. So let's get into the mock draft. Normally, me, you, and Connor would sit around and we would ping pong. You would go first, I would go second, Connor would go third, and everyone would be happy, and we would roll through a mock draft in about 25 minutes. We're doing something different today. It's just me and you on the show, so we are going to go together. We're both going to pick for each team and have, uh, in some situations, a conversation about what is happening, why we made that pick. And I will say this, I have not seen your mock draft, and you have not seen mine. So I have, I have no idea what we have and in I, common. I think you just did yours today, right? Yeah. Before we recorded. And I did mine uh, Friday when I knew we were going to do this. So it will be interesting. I'm sure that we have a lot of picks that are very similar, uh, probably starting at pick number one. But I also slid in some guys that I, I think you don't have in the first round. So is this what you would do for you more, right? Yeah, it's kind of a combination. I'm still like a weird point with these where I think certain things are going to happen and other times it's what I would do with the pick. All right. Leading off number one, Arizona Cardinals. And I'll say this is what I think will happen. This is not what I would do. I would draft Nick Bosa. This is what I think will happen. And maybe for me, it's important to say whether it's a move that I would make or what I'm hearing. Everything I've heard points to Kyler Murray being the number one pick of the Arizona Cardinals. And I agree with you. I think that's an easy one for both of us to agree with here. It, there's just too much talk about this pick happening. And until the the Cardinals prove me wrong or make me think something different, I'm going to keep mock drafting Kyler Murray to the Cardinals at number one overall. And we should probably say we're not doing trades either. That would just right. be too confusing to keep up with, with us both going pick by pick here. So no trades in this mock. Number two, the San Francisco 49ers. They traded for D Ford. And I think a lot of people when that happened went, oh, they're not drafting Nick Bosa. Like they're out. The D Ford contract, once those numbers came out, you realize it's really a one year contract with the option to keep him longer if things go well, which I, I think is an important note here, which is why I am still taking Nick Bosa number two overall. The Niners hired a new defensive line coach. They're going to shift to more of a wide nine look up front. I think you can still use Nick Bosa on one side and D Ford on the other. They would complement each other very well. And I, I think this puts out the signal that maybe Eric Armstead, maybe Solomon Thomas could be guys that you would trade to get more draft capital. So if I'm the Niners, I still take the best player in this class. Don't get caught up on what they need. This is a team that earned the number two pick. This is a bad team. They need talent across the board. Bosa is the most talented player in the draft. Yeah, and I agree with everything that you just said, except I'm giving them Quinn and Williams. Uh, I like the fact that they signed D Ford, and I think that gives them some uh, talent on the edge. So I think that they're going to try to help that out. With that wide nine, you're going to have some things spread out. I think they're going to also try to create with something on the interior. And if you can get Quinn and Williams to do that, pair him up with D Ford and some of these other pieces that haven't really worked out on that defensive line, maybe then you can start getting to the quarterback. 
I don't know that a lot of people do agree with you that Nick Bosa is like the far and away number one. I think a lot, obviously a lot of people do. I agree with you. But Quentin Williams is right up there. He is a very talented guy. He can play in a lot of different techniques. I'm going to take him. This is what I would do with pick number two. If you really believe in D Ford, you traded for him. You paid him a five-year deal. I know there's a lot of outs, but I would take Quentin Williams at pick number two. No, I, I love Quentin, and I, I get it. Like, you're trying to build, and I, I should say this. There's not a big difference between Bosa and Quentin for me, and I think there will be teams that have Quentin Williams ranked higher than Nick Bosa. It's almost like a pro- positional value. Like, what do you want more? Yeah. Do you want the interior guy, or do you want the outside guy? Uh, both of them are great players. You can't lose by getting one of them. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Number three, the New York Jets. Again, no trades. I would predict a trade here if we we could. I would think a team like the Giants, someone's got to come up to this spot to get to get a quarterback, to get Dwayne Haskins. No trades. So I'm going with Josh Allen here. The Jets missed out on Anthony Barr. He went back to the Vikings, and they filled a lot of needs at free agency. They got their slot receiver. They got one hell of a running back. They got one hell of a middle linebacker. They still need edge rush help. So barring a trade where they bring in a veteran player like a Jadavian Clowney, I think they have to go edge here. So Josh Allen is my pick for the Jets. And I don't know how this keeps happening for the Jets, but they get their guy. It just happens. It falls to them. If Nick Bosa is there in my draft at pick number three, the Jets won't move. They will take him. Um, You would really have to offer a high-end pick to move into the space to get a quarterback if Nick Bosa is sitting there. So right here for me, the Jets swoop up Nick Bosa, and they solidify that edge position for years to come. It's weird how lucky they have been in the first round. Like, no one thought Leonard Williams would be there. He was. No one thought that Jamal Adams would be there. He was. No one thought Sam Darnold would be there. He was. So they just keep getting lucky. I can definitely see it again. This puts me at four with Oakland. Quinn and Williams is on the board. This is a move that I not only think they would make, it's a move that I would make too. And I want to quickly like speak to the the roster construction in Oakland right now. They have Maurice Hurst, who's a had a fantastic rookie year. They have PJ Hall, who they drafted in the second round. They have Arden Key at, at Edge. They drafted last year in the third round. Like they have some players up there. I think we could still see them add more guys on the defensive line. Devin White at linebacker would look sexy here, would be great filling in the middle of the field, but I have to go with Quentin Williams. I have to go with the best player available. I think Mike Mayock is going to value those dudes in the middle, those hog mollies. Yep. We've talked so much on this podcast before about interior pressure being where the NFL is going. So you can find a way to use Hurst, Hankins, PJ Hall. Like you can get those dudes on the field. And again, for a team that they, the fourth worst team in football last year, based on record and draft position, they need help. Plain and simple. Yeah, and we have the same four guys, just in a different order. Uh, I'm going to take Josh Allen here. He's still on the board for me with Oakland. They need a guy that can get after the quarterback, and their head coach has even said it. As soon as they traded Khalil Mack, they needed a guy that could come in and be that edge rusher. And I really like Josh Allen. I I don't know that he's in the same class as Nick Bosa and Quinn and Williams, but he's not that far behind. I think he's going to be able to come in and be very productive immediately for the Oakland Raiders at pick number four. So number five, here's where it gets interesting. I think because a lot of people would say like, oh man, look who's still on the board. Like there's a lot of good players out there. Josh Jacobs, if they want to go running back, Rashawn Gary, Montez Sweat, TJ Hawkinson, not TJ Hawkinson, they have OJ Howard, but they could go a lot of spots. They could even go quarterback if they really wanted to. So I think at five, it's like, okay, what do the Bucks do? I went Rashawn Gary, a player that I know you do not value this early, but again, based on what we're hearing and what 
I'm seeing around the league, the NFL likes Rashawn Gary a lot more than you and Connor do. I actually yeah. have him ranked in my top six. So this for me fits the positional value, need, and what I'm hearing from people around the NFL. Well, that at least validates the pick that I'm going to make. I I like Montez Sweat more than I like Rashawn Gary. So I'm actually going to have them take Montez Sweat here. I'm not concerned with the heart condition, <clears throat> and it doesn't sound like uh, many people in the NFL are either. I loved watching him at the Senior Bowl. I loved what he was able to do at the Combine. I think if Tampa stays here at pick number five, they got to do some things on defense, and that starts with getting after the quarterback, just like your pick with Rashawn Gary. I just like Montez Sweat a little bit better. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. Um, We are going to get through 10 picks, take a break. So if you're wondering, like, where are these guys going? Where are the breaks in this? We're going to do 10 and then take our our first break. So the New York Giants are here at six, Mello. And Rashawn Gary just went off the board for me. Montez Sweat just went for you. That means Dwayne Haskins is still on the board. I am not taking Dwayne Haskins here. And I know, like, our guys like Patrick Chamberlain, like, they're going to be like, Matt, what are you doing? I'm doing what I'm being told will happen. That's it. Like, this is not what I would do. Guys, if it were me, I would draft Dwayne Haskins here. That's where I would go. But Dave Gettleman does not listen to me. Dave Gettleman doesn't listen to anyone except for I don't even think Dave Gettleman knows what he's doing. So I am going to take Montez Sweat. They need pass rush help. Gettleman is obsessed with defensive linemen as well. Like, go look at what he did in Carolina. And he's he's not going to draft DBs. He's not going to value DBs. And with the quarterback position... Ownership there is so determined to let Eli Manning ride off into the sunset, which like I understand loyalty, but there is no loyalty in football. It's a business. You got to win ball games. So this is a move that, again, I would not make this move. I like Montez Sweat. Him at six is not bad value, but they need a quarterback. Again, they don't do it, but I I put Sweat here. And And, I know people are going to be pissed. Well, and Gettleman comes out and he even says they're not doing a whole lot of work on Haskins. But I don't know what to believe with Gettleman, which is why I am going to give them Dwayne Haskins here. <laughs> he also came out and said he's not going to trade Odell Beckham. And then guess what? He ships him off to Cleveland. So is he just trying to play like reverse psychology? Like, oh, no, we don't want Haskins. We don't want Maybe. him. We're not interested. We're not doing a lot of work on him. Boom, we want him to fall to number six so we can take him. They've been loyal enough to Eli Manning. And I hope that he has a great season this year. Whatever. Go Giants. You got to find a quarterback for the future, though, because he's not going to play forever. And if you have Dwayne Haskins right here fall to you at number six, they have to get a quarterback. Even if I don't love Haskins that much, the Giants have to get a quarterback. And I don't know what Gettleman's doing, uh, but for right now, I'm going to say it's reverse psychology, and he actually wants Haskins. That's deep. That's like inception. It's like now I'm like questioning it. Like, God, are they that smart? Real analysis going on over here, buddy. (laughs) Whoa. Number seven, Jacksonville. They got their quarterback in Nick Foles. I'm going to give him a right tackle, Juwan Taylor. Juwan Taylor on the right side, Cam Robinson on the left side is just like, that's Trump's wall right there. Like, you're not getting through that. They're powerful. They're big. They're expensive. Like, they they would be, like, that's what they need. I think in Jacksonville, a lot of the problems this past year, obviously Blake Bortles wasn't good, but, like, the O-line got hurt. Guys on defense got hurt. Fournette, you know, wasn't who we thought he was. So, hopefully... The addition of Nick Foles and now a true right tackle that could protect him would get this offense back on track because the defense is still good enough when everybody's right to be a, a playoff caliber defense. So with what they have as far as needs, like they don't need an edge rusher. They have Yannick Ngakwe. He's he's fantastic. What they do need are guys on offense. I thought that was too early for a receiver, so I'm going to go offensive tackle. 
And I agree with almost everything you have here. It's crazy that we've gone seven picks and we've only agreed on the first one. That's surprising. So far. Uh, I do think they go receiver here. Even though I love your Juwan Taylor pick, I think they're going to take DK Metcalf off the board. If you really think you have something with Nick Foles going, you're right about the defense. It's absolutely nasty. You don't have to address that in the first round. So if you're not going to go tackle, I think they go with getting some targets. And DK Metcalf, a lot of teams fell in love with him. I know that we have questions about him. A lot of other people absolutely love him, comparing him to Calvin Johnson even. Yeah. So I think at pick number seven, the Jacksonville Jaguars can take DK Metcalf and try to go on a deep playoff run. You think you have your quarterback. You have a great defense. Go get a star at receiver, or at least what everybody else thinks might be a star at receiver. And that is a huge need for them. It really is. Like, if we were doing a two-round mock, like, I would try to get, like, a a Nikhil Harry, a Marquise Brown. Like, I would try to get them another receiver. So, I'm not in any way, shape, or form upset with that. Number eight, the Detroit Lions. They got Trey Flowers, a free agency, which was, I thought, their biggest need. I would have put someone like Brian Burns here to them. But I'm going with TJ Hawkinson. I know they got Jesse James which is a cool-ass name, but he is a number two tight end, in my opinion. TJ Hawkinson is the real fucking deal. He is a three-down tight end, someone who can just own the game from in line, from the slot. Wherever you need him to play, he can. And I think, like, Matt Stafford is in this weird, like, bubble of being, like, the 12th best quarterback in the NFL, but he can have good years. Give him the help he needs. He's a Pro Bowl quarterback. I don't know if he can win you a Super Bowl, but he's going to throw up some stats there. And I like that pick, but I am actually going to go with Rashawn Gary because I feel like he fits the coach's mold there with the Patriots and now what they have going on in Detroit. Rashawn Gary just seems like that versatile guy that can play all over your field. He can be, he can put his hand in the dirt. A lot of teams are working him out as like an edge rush kind of guy. And I know they just got Trey Flowers, but pair him up with that, move him around the defensive line and Goodness. just build a defense like what he had, what Patricia had in New England with versatile guys that can play all over the place and then win games with that. And then I think Matt Stafford can do enough on offense. Yeah. All right. I, we are not the same on any of these. I really thought we were going to hit like on so many different picks I did too. having the same, but I got kind of crazy with my top 10. No, I mean, but it's all, it could all happen. It's all very probable. Number eight, the Buffalo Bills, Jonah Williams, at offensive line. They need the help. According Cordy Glenn, not Cordy Glenn, my God, how old am I? Deion Dawkins at left tackle is a good player, but Jonah Williams, whether you think he's a tackle, a guard, or a center, the Bills need it. So you can slot him in basically anywhere on this line. They went receiver happy in free agency, man. They signed so many guys that it would be hard for me to believe that they would be a team that would go after someone like DK Metcalf because they added John Brown. They added Cole Beasley, Andre Roberts. Now, those are like short, fast guys. So they could maybe, if you're building your basketball yeah. team, but they could also, size. they hit through different levels. Like John Brown can be a deep threat, yeah. hit Cole Beasley underneath. So, yeah, I like that. They are building with some things. Go get them an offensive lineman. And a lot of people aren't talking about Jonah Williams, but I agree with you. I have them taking Juwan Taylor right here. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Get an offensive lineman. Josh Allen was running for his life last year. Get him some protection. You already got him some targets. You got to keep building that offense around him. And these old-ass running backs are probably going to need somebody to help create some holes and some lanes for him. So I like Juwan Taylor. He's a guy that's really shooting up my board. I have him at number nine to the Buffalo Bills right now. The Bills have just been so active in free agency. It's like, I mean, offensively especially, they signed Kevin Johnson on defense. So I'll be interested to watch this team to see, like, is that a tell? Like, are all these... Wave two, wave three guys they sign on free agency on offense. Is that, you know, they're showing their hand a little bit and maybe they do go defense here, but um, we both go all line. O line was a massive need for them. 
Last one before the break, 10 Denver Broncos. Dwayne Haskins is still on the board for me. I don't think there's any way in hell he's on the board at 10 on draft night, but because we're not doing trades, he's still here. I don't care how many Joe Flacco's you have. You need a quarterback. And I, I Dwayne Haskins, for me, still the top one in this class. And I agree with you. I'm going to go with the obvious one, Drew Locke. Uh, they do have to do something at quarterback. And I don't think that they see Flacco as a as a future guy. This is a stopgap. Give me one, maybe two years, and then they can move on from him. So I'm going to take Drew Locke just because I think it fits too perfectly with what John Elway wants in a quarterback. Mello, we're back on the clock. Number 11, the Cincinnati Bengals. Somehow, someway, Devin White is here for me. And this is the most obvious pick in any mock draft, I think, which it's like almost too obvious. Like maybe he should go six to the Giants. Like he's one of the five or six best players in the draft, in my opinion. I could see him at five to Tampa, four to Oakland, six to the Giants. Like he could go in that four, five, six range, and I'd be very happy. I wouldn't Detroit at eight, even. I think he could go there. But I, I'm with you, Devin White. I have him at 11. We finally, finally. agree on something. Um, and I think it's a player that we both really like in this draft. You're right. I could see him anywhere from four. If he slides all the way down here to 11, Bengals fans have to be incredibly happy. He's a great linebacker. One of the most rangy linebackers yeah. I've ever watched as like a, a scout type. He can really get from sideline to sideline, and he's going to be electric in coverage. You got to do something on that defense. Move away from these big, bulky linebackers that they've had in the past. Pair him up with guys like Malik Jefferson and let them roam in that defense. You're going to have to do something to stop Lamar Jackson and the rest of that conference, Baker Mayfield. So go get a linebacker like Devin White to help out. Yeah, that is that's a very good point. Like that that division is just getting faster. So right, yeah, I like that a lot. Uh, number twelve, the Green Bay Packers, and. This is, they've gone so many areas in free agency that we thought they would go in the draft. Like this was such a popular spot for Montez Sweat or Brian Burns, but they went out and they signed Preston Smith, Zadarius Smith. Like they filled big needs in free agency. So I went with maybe an unconventional route here. I'm going to go with Noah Fant, tight end from Iowa. I like that. Pick. I know they have Jimmy Graham and they have Mercedes Lewis, who I believe is a free agent right now. Like they need youth. And I don't look at Noah Fant and think, oh, he's a tight end. I look at Noah Fant and think, he's a pass catcher. You can line him up in a lot of different variations to get him the ball. And as as much as they have invested, like getting Billy Turner on the offensive line fills a need, getting those dudes on defense, getting Adrian Amos at free safety, they've checked a lot of boxes on the D-line. So Ed Oliver was someone I really considered heavily here just because I, I think they could find a way to get him and Mike Daniels on the field together with Kenny Clark in the middle. But Ultimately, I think you got to give Rodgers a guy that can become his favorite weapon outside of Devontae Adams, and that's no offense. And they've been looking for tight ends for a while and then tried to get Jimmy Graham, and even that's really not panning out like people expected. So I like the pick with Noah Fant. I'm going to stick with the defense. I really think they're trying to build that defense up. I know they addressed a lot of things. I'm not going to give them an edge rusher. I'm going to give him Devin Bush. I think he's going to continue to shoot up boards, especially after a great pro day. Watching him in coverage was amazing. I don't know that I've ever seen a linebacker in coverage like that at his pro day with his ability to flip his hips, come down and play in traffic. He's a great linebacker too. We are spoiled with Devin White and Devin Bush. After that, there's a huge drop-off. So I'm going to give him Devin Bush here at pick number 12. I love that. 13 Miami, no quarterback because Ryan Fitzpatrick, also because they're tanking for 2020. 
I went edge rusher Brian Burns here. They got to get young on defense. Like they have some guys in Minka, Xavier Howard. They drafted you know Raquan McMillan, their linebacker. Like there, there's some sneaky good talent to this team. But if they're not going to go quarterback here, and it doesn't sound like they will be, but I think you have to look at getting after the quarterback. And you know Robert Quinn it, getting older. Charles Harris has just not been what we thought he was going to be as a first round pick in that 2017 draft. So they need like a certified stud and Brian Burns at 250 pounds can be that guy. I really like Brian Burns and I agree with you. I just changed up. I went with Ed Oliver. I think he's another guy that can do everything on that defensive line. And I think that he might even be able to be an edge rusher depending on what he weighs in. And I think he can do it. If not, he's going to find a way to get to the quarterback. So I'm going to take him at pick 13. I love Ed Oliver. I can't believe uh, he's falling to pick 13 here for me. This was a guy that a lot of us thought was going to be like the number one, number two prospect in this whole draft. The Dolphin fans should be happy to get him at pick 13. Yeah, that's actually a really good pick. I like that better than mine. <laughs> Boom. Can, I, can we clip that out so that I can tweet it somehow? Yeah, you are smarter than me. Good pick. 14, the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, another team. This is a, They get kind of hard to pick because they just it's hard to know their direction right now. This I went Ed Oliver here. I, I think that even with Grady Jarrett coming back, you can find a way to get these two guys on the field together, or you better be able to figure out a way to do it. Like you said, he could play inside. He could play outside. They have struggled to get a consistent pass rush going there, even after spending a first on Vic Beasley and a first on Tack McKinley. So Ed Oliver could be a, a massive playmaker there. And I, I like it. I think if he's available at 14, that's definitely something the Falcons will consider. I just had him go at pick number 13 overall. So I'm going to address the offensive line position. I'm going to give them Jonah Williams, who is still there on my board. If they want to value him at a guard or center or whatever, I don't care. You talked about it earlier. He can do absolutely everything. So if you need a fix on your offensive line, go get Jonah Williams. Plug him in. Let him play a couple years at guard. Move him to tackle. He can do anything. I don't understand why he's at 14, but teams value him there, and that's where I think he's going to go 14 to the Falcons. 15, I bet we have the same position going here. The Washington Redskins... Man, they need a quarterback. You got Case Keenum. You got a one-legged Colt McCoy and Alex Smith, who will probably never play football again. I went Drew Locke here, and I think this is probably an unrealistic range for him. I still think he's drafted somewhere around because 10 overall because of trades. He's such a good fit for what they do, though. Like, I, I, like it's an underrated fit for him and Jay Gruden's offense with his athleticism, his arm strength. There are some rough edges to work out there, but looking at who they have on offense, like with Darius Geis, with Josh Doxson, Paul Richardson's your speed guy. Like they, mm-hmm. they could actually be pretty fun to watch offensively if they had someone who could throw the ball. Yeah, right. And I agree with you. And I know he's not my favorite guy, but Daniel Jones is still there. He's the court, best quarterback available for me. So I think that's what the Redskins do. He's all, I would comp him to Alex Smith. Pretty athletic, not a real yeah. strong arm, accurate, uh, veteran kind of starter type at Duke. I'm going to take him at pick number 15. If I could, I would trade up. But we said no trades. Uh, we don't want to complicate this too much. So I'm going to go Daniel Jones out of Duke to the Washington Redskins. Yeah, like that one. 16, Carolina. My first receiver finally comes off the board. DK Metcalf. Give Cam Newton a big target. Like they they went and got a small guy in DJ Moore. And I'm excited to see his development. He needs a big threat. Like he needs someone who has a catch radius. Devin Funches is gone. Praise the Lord. DK and Cam together could be, well, those are two of the like freakiest dudes at their positions in the NFL to start with. But that would be a very fun matchup to watch them work together. 
Yeah, and I, I mean, Dave Gettleman tried and tried for a very long time to get a big receiver in there. He just kind of kept missing, which might be a theme with the Giants, too. And I wouldn't be surprised even, we didn't mention it at pick six, but maybe even DK going to the Giants because that's what they tried to get in Carolina. I'm going to go opposite but stay on the offensive side of the ball. I'm going to go Andre Dillard here. I think Cam got the shit kicked out of him last year. They got to find somebody to help protect him. So I'm going to take best tackle available and go Andre Dillard out of Washington State. I like his tape. I like him at pick 16. You got to help out Cam Newton or we're not going to see him in the league much longer. Yeah, that's very true, man. And like, he does need help. I, even like what they've done through free agency to try to get a little bit more help in there. Like, goodness gracious, they need help on the edges, especially like t- Taylor Moten. They drafted in the second round a couple years back, but like Darrell Williams has got the, you know, the injury stuff going on. So there are a lot of, a lot of moving parts there on that offensive line. Number 17, the New York Giants are back in the clock. This is the pick from Cleveland for Odell Beckham, which is freaking ridiculous. <laughs> this is where I'm with Daniel Jones. Like, I mean, we made so many jokes at the senior bowl of like Daniel Jones is just like Eli Manning. Yeah. But maybe not the high football IQ and a little more athletic. It just makes so much sense that they would go draft the same guy. Yeah. And I gave them Dwayne Haskins. So I'm actually going to try to replace. Odell Beckham here. They still need offensive targets. They need some weapons around Saquon. I'm going with A.J. Brown out of Ole Miss. I think he's another big receiver. Uh, he's like 225. He's yeah. not a small guy, six foot one. I think he just looks small because he's playing next to DK Metcalf. <laughs> he's a big receiver. I, I think he's your number one receiver on he your is, big board. Yeah. He, he's probably going to end up like number two or number three on mine. The Giants need some targets. You got rid of Odell. I guess you're trying to replace him. I, I like your pick better. I think they wait on a quarterback and maybe even take Devin White at six. But for me right now, uh, you got to find a receiver. I really like A.J. Brown, a polished route runner, good hands, dangerous after the catch. Go try to replace what you just traded away for pick 17. Number 18, the Minnesota Vikings. Their fans are begging us for this. We met one uh, at the uh, the Honey Fire Barbecue meetup, and he was like begging for offensive line help. Well, Answer to your prayers. Here you go, man. I'm going to go Andre, or excuse me, Cody Ford here. Uh, they want power. I, I had Andre Dillard in my notes, because, but I think he's a little too athletic for what they're trying to do. Like, I know that sounds weird. Yeah. But like, they want power run game. They want to protect Kirk Cousins, open things up for Dalvin Cook. So I want Cody Ford here. Played right tackle at OU. I think he could play there really, really well in the NFL, but I think it could also be a standout guard. So you get some versatility there. And I agree with you. I went Cody Ford too, because I think he does bring versatility to the offense. He could play a little bit of guard on the interior, or maybe you play him at tackle wherever your hole is. I think he's versatile enough to play both. Maybe you have a guy go down for an injury or, and you need some snaps at tackle, push him out to tackle, play him a little bit at guard. He can do whatever you want. Uh, so pick number 18, we both have Cody Ford. That's three. That we've had <laughs> three out of 18. Uh, yeah, not we're doing great. I like that you're not going group think, you know, that'd be easy to do. Yeah, it would be. 19, I didn't cheat off of you. 19, the Tennessee Titans. It ain't high school. I went D line here. I, I want Jeffrey Simmons in this spot, but yeah, uh, because the injury, he's not going to be there. I, I don't think he's someone that would get picked in the first round. Still, I want Christian Wilkins. They need someone next to Jarrell Casey. They need someone taking eyes off of Harold Landry to open up the middle of that field with some pass rush. So Christian Wilkins, he's not going to blow you away athletically, and his tape is like going to flash, but he's just solid. He's just incredibly solid character-wise, play-wise. He's good through and through. He's a Vrabel guy. 
versatile yeah. character. Yeah, I really like Christian Wilkins. I didn't go there. I went with uh, an offensive target. I haven't taken a tight end off my draft yet. Oh, Jesus. So I'm going with TJ Hawkinson. If he's there at 19 and he might not be, the Titans got to swoop him up. Go run two tight ends, replace Walker, who's getting old, get Mariota or Tannehill some help, <laughs> and maybe even help out your running back because Hawkinson's can do everything as well. He is a complete tight end. Uh, that's why he's the first tight end off my board to pick number 19 to the Titans. Yeah, I like that one quite a bit. Uh, I don't I don't think he'll be there, but I like where you're going. Number 20, this is where I had Devin Bush go. Uh, even after I did this before the Mark Barron signing was announced, which I, I think could affect things, but yeah. I think they could just use two inside linebackers as well. And Barron is going to be someone that is going to kind of float and play all over. So I still like Devin Bush here. You said it earlier, you had him going at 12, I believe. Yep, to Green Bay. So I think that's probably very realistic that he could go that early. I know a lot of people are going to say, like, wouldn't they go receiver here? I've heard they really like James Washington. They signed Dante yep. Moncrief. I don't think they're going to press to get a receiver. Remember, Antonio Brown was a fifth-round pick. Juju was a second-round pick. Like, they do such a good job of scouting and developing receivers. Yeah, Washington was, like, a second or third. Yeah, second. I would be shocked if they were a team that, like, reached, you know, to, to try to fill a need. I think they just try to draft good players. Yeah, I agree with you, especially when you talk about the receivers that they have. I think they're pretty confident with what they have on offense. They need some help on defense, which is why I'm going with corner here. I'm going to give them Greedy Williams. I think they need something. They have addressed some needs on the at the linebacker position. I don't have Devin Bush here available for them, so I'm going to give them Greedy Williams at pick 20. Yeah, I like Grady a lot. I've had a hard time like figuring out where to slot the corners in yep. this draft. When we come back, you're going to see all the corners come off the board. 21, Mellow the Seattle Seahawks. I'm going to take someone that you just snatched away from me. A.J. Brown, wide receiver. Ole Miss, he is the top receiver in this class on my board. Uh, obviously, D.K. Metcalf went a little bit earlier. But if I could take one receiver in this class, it would be A.J. Who um, I was doing some scouting on our drive to Nashville, watching film, and said, man, this is Juju all over again. Six foot, 225, 228-pound receiver who runs great routes. And, yes, he dominated a lot in the slot college. That was not by any fault of his, it was a necessity for that offense. So I'm all in on A.J. Brown. I really like A.J. Brown, too, and they need some help at receiver. I'm going to go with the position that they love and they need. It's on defense. Brian Burns has fallen to pick 21. I really like Brian Burns, and the fact that he weighed in around 250 is going to be scary. So he might not be available at pick 21. No trades here, though. Go get that edge position that they can just get after the quarterback. Brian Burns at pick 21 for me. Uh, you know I'm a big fan of that. So um, that's a, a great value. 22, uh, let's put it back on the clock. The Baltimore Ravens, they're going after tight ends, and then they got Earl Thomas. But I look at this offense, and like, what, what does Lamar Jackson need to be successful? And I really thought running back, but Mark Ingram comes over for agency. Yep. They like Gus Edwards. They Kenneth Dixon, if he could just get his head on straight, could be really talented. So like I'm I'm just like scratching my head, like, what do I do here? And it became so obvious to me. It's Nikhil Harry. They need a big receiver. Like Willie Sneed, fine. Jordan Lasley, eh. they need a number one receiver. And for all Lamar Jackson's amazing positives. One of his great flaws is accuracy. Yep. Why not give an inaccurate quarterback the player in this draft with the best catch radius? To me, it oh, makes too much sense. Getting me excited over here yep. talking about my boy, Nikhil Harry. <laughs> uh, 
I disagree, though. I'm going to go different. Maybe this is just my bias that I don't want to pair my favorite receiver uh, with an inaccurate quarterback. But you are 100% right. Get him some targets around him, especially a guy that can go catch the ball wherever the hell you throw it. I'm going to give them another one of my favorite players, though. I'm going to address the edge position. They lost Terrell Suggs. I'm going to give them Cleland Furl. I actually think he plays very similar to Terrell Suggs. He's a big kind of edge rusher that can stand up and do some things. We're seeing him fall. Pick 22 here is not where I would have guessed him uh, even a month ago, but I think the Ravens can go continue to build this defense and maybe even help out their young quarterback that way. I would say if there's any way that Devin Bush is available, and he should not be, that is the perfect pairing. Yeah. Because, like, they, I mean, it's shocking the players they've lost. And they're like, you look at their depth chart, you're like, middle linebacker, Chris Board. Yikes. That's yeah. a boring middle yeah. linebacker. Yeah. Uh, and maybe they'll do something other than him. North Dakota State undrafted free agent. Real exciting, guys. Doing a great job. That's why I think that these middle linebackers, Devin White and Devin Bush, are going to go high because there's no value at that position afterwards. So if you're a team right here sitting with like the Ravens and you want a middle linebacker, you better trade up to get one because I don't think that either one of those guys would fall to them. They're sure as hell not getting past the Steelers. No, no definitely not. 23, the Houston Texans. Kind of a quiet team in free agency probably because they lost Tyron Matthew. Uh, they, were, as of now, have tagged Jadavion Clowney. He has not signed. They really haven't done a whole lot else. Uh, Sean Gibson came in as a strong safety. Bradley Roby is a third corner. But I look at this team, and it's still about the offensive line. Julian Davenport is going to get a shot at left tackle again. Chantrell Henderson is trash at right tackle. So I want Andre Dillard here. Figure out a way to get Deshaun Watson's protection. And I think with Dillard, you need athletic people for an athletic quarterback, not just you know the, the old-school 350-pound offensive lineman that can't move off his spot. Dillard is not the best round blocker I've ever seen. I will say that. But he is so smooth in pass protection coming out of that Washington State State scheme. You could find, and Davenport, like I'm not super high on, I think Dillard is better right out of the gate. I like Dillard too. I, I already had him going. So I agree with you. Deshaun Watson needs some help, just like Cam Newton did with Dillard. I'm going to go replace the Honey Badger, though, with Taylor Rapp, who I know you love him as well. I think that he's just a do-it-all safety. I think he can play free. He can play strong, whatever you want. He's just another weapon for them on that defense. And if you lose Clowney, you might want to start sharing up some other spots. Their linebackers look good. Yeah, Go get a back-end safety that can do everything for you at pick 23. Justin Reed and Taylor Rapp together is just almost not fair. Yeah. And I like Taylor Reed could probably play in the slot. Like I really like Taylor Rapp's game. Yeah. Yeah. He's very versatile. I know we've said before, it's like a poor man's Minka Fitzpatrick, but maybe not that poor. No, like, maybe not. Just like a step. Like, okay. He doesn't play outside corner. That's like the only yeah. difference that they have. Speaking of outside corner, 24, the Oakland Raiders. This pick came from the Chicago Bears. Greedy Williams. Finally, finally, a corner comes off the board for me, and they're going to come off fast and furious, dude. Um, it's shocking that greedy his tape is good and his measurables are good. And everyone I talk to is like, yeah, he's probably going in the twenties. Like, yeah. and he's a corner, like it's a premium position. Like, but there's just not that love for him of, yeah, like he's this, you know, badass. He's going to go top 15. Like yeah. Denzel Ward last year. We all loved, right? He's going to go top six. There's no, nothing like that for greedy this year. No, and he's it's a wide range of where he could get drafted. I think he could even be the third corner taken. 
I agree with you on the cornerback position. I already had Greedy off the board, though, so I'm going to go with Byron Murphy. The uh, other need for the Raiders is corner. So I'm going Byron Murphy here at 24. Yeah, I like Byron Murphy a lot, uh, a lot, a lot. 25, Philadelphia Eagles, my guy. Coming off the board finally, Josh Jacobs at running back. This is just such a perfect need that I, as someone who I, I not in any way an Eagles fan, I want this to happen. I just want to see him in Doug Peterson's offense. JJ is a free agent. Darren Sproles is a free agent and old. Corey Clement is a quality number two back, but they need a guy. And they didn't get Le'Veon Bell. They don't, there's no one else out there that you see in the market with Tevin Coleman going to the Niners, where you're like, okay, that he could come in. And be that type of playmaker. They got Deshaun Jackson. They're solved at receiver. Go get Josh Jacobs. And I agree 100%. I think they addressed some needs on secondary that they had. They brought back Roby. So go get the best running back. You needed one for a while. You tried to trade and get Jay Ajayi. Go get Josh Jacobs and sure up. If you want to keep Carson Wentz healthy, have a target like that where he can just turn around and hand the ball off 20 times a game or find him in a check down or a wheel route for five more touches yeah. a game. Go get Josh Jacobs if you are the Eagles. Yeah, and like you said, you bring back Darby, which, man, we were, like, rooting for him to go to Kansas City. Yeah, and it yeah, didn't yeah. happen. That's what I mean. Um, so there are a lot, of, a lot of ways that they could go. I could see them go center. Jason Kelsey's getting older. Garrett Bradbury's still on the board here. So uh, a lot of different directions they could go. The Indianapolis Colts are up at 26. And after I wrote this, I like it's. I hate that I'm like this, but I'll do a mock draft and then have like buyer's remorse and be like, wait, why didn't I do this? But my pick was Taylor Rapp, which I think fills a need. He was the best player on the board for me at this point. Like it fits in a lot of ways. But I just look at the Colts, man, and that D line needs so much work. So I wish, and I even I think I looked at you in the car and was like, I I need one more D lineman that's first round quality. But there wasn't one here, so. It sucks that Jeffrey Simmons got hurt because that would have helped. Like Christian Wilkins probably would have got pushed down to this spot. But I love Taylor Rapp, and we talked about it when when you picked him. He is a do-it-all safety. He is a hitter. Like with a capital H, he is a hitter. They have a need here. Clayton Gathers at strong safety is a free agent. J.J. Wilcox, free agent. Mike Mitchell, free agent. So if you can put Malik Hooker and Taylor Rapp together, I'm excited. Like if I – our Colts listeners, Dan Barnes, Anthony Oreo, the boys, like – be excited about this, even though it doesn't necessarily go help your front four. They they pick again very early in round two, that Jets pick. You can still get a defensive lineman there, maybe an edge rusher. Taylor Rapp is the best value here. And I agree with you. I already had Taylor Rapp going, but I like what you said about their defensive line. They still need a lot of help there. I have Christian Wilkins available. And if he falls to this spot at 26, I think the Colts are going to be all over him. He is almost a flawless defensive line prospect. So for him to fall to 26, it might be a miracle, but I've seen weirder things <laughs> go on on draft Twitter. So I'm going to go Christian Wilkins here at 26. Like at 27, the Oakland Raiders. This one is from the Dallas Cowboys for Amari Cooper. I went Cleveland Farrell here. At four, I had them go Quentin Williams. And then at 24, I had them go Greedy Williams. And there wasn't another Williams to take. Otherwise, I would have just to keep that trend going. But Cleveland Farrell fills a need, um, obviously, with Cleo Mack being in Chicago now. And, and what they have, I mentioned earlier, they have Arden Key, who's a little bit more of an, a speed guy and around the edge guy. Farrell is, I think, so good with his hand play. He's got an excellent motor. So he gives them kind of the yin to the yang to – round out what would be honestly one of the best defensive lines in football if they can make this happen yeah and I had them take Josh Allen to address that edge 
position early, and then they took Byron Murphy earlier. I'm going to go crazy, and I think you will hate this pick. I absolutely love Paris Campbell, and I think they got to get some more weapons on offense. I think Paris Campbell is going to be sneaky good. Even if he doesn't go in the first round, I think we're going to be talking about a very good receiver in the NFL. And if the Raiders can come get him and replace Cooper, they should be very happy. So you would have Antonio Brown, Tyrell Williams, and Paris Campbell as your receiving core. Yeah, put them in the slot. If Derek Carr can't throw for 5,000 yards and 40 touchdowns with those guys, they got to trade him. Like, get him out of town. Or maybe they just move all these picks and they take Kyler Murray number one. But I like Paris Campbell, and I wanted to find a way to get him in the first round. I don't so I went with the Raiders It feels and Mike like Mayock. something John Gruden would do. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, we've already got two picks. Let's have some fun. <laughs> Let's go get We addressed yeah. the defense. Yeah. What do we want on offense? I'm going to give them another weapon. I promised you a run on corners. We've got five picks left. Two are corners. One's a safety. So here goes your DBs. 28, the LA Chargers. Um, Jason Verrett, now a Niner on a one-year deal, just been way too hurt. They still need help at corner. They need a lot of help in the secondary. One of my favorite players of the draft, Rocky Sin, goes right here. I think he fits what Tom Telesco values, like physical, tough dudes. Look what they did last year with Derwin James, like the ability to find guys who love football, and it just bleeds out onto the field. Rocky isn't going to blow you away with this 40 time. Watch the dude play football. He will break your damn collarbone with his press coverage. He's smart. He's smooth. And he comes in immediately and plays in a secondary that is pretty freaking deep if they can plug him in as a a number one or two corner. And I think it helps free up some of those safeties that they have and they want to roam them. So go get a guy that can play maybe some lockdown corner for him too. I'm going to stick with offense here. I'm going Dalton Reisner. It might be a little high for him, but he's so versatile. He's another guy that can play guard or tackle. I really like his tape. He's a tough guy. Uh, We saw him get into some fights in the Senior Bowl even. The Chargers don't have a lot of holes, I don't think. They're a very good football team. Go ahead and see what you can do. Maybe Phillip Rivers can stay healthy for three to four more years if you got a guy like Reisner in there blocking for him. 29, your hour? Our Kansas City Chiefs. What? I don't know. What you <laughs> I don't know what you were saying. I was saying our Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. I think there's like some paperwork that you have to fill out to be a still trying to figure Chiefs this out. Fan or I something. saw Demarius Randall tweet out a thing yeah. like a bandwagon. A Browns one. Yeah, yeah. That was good. I was gonna print it and fill it out, but I, we were <laughs> we were gone, so I haven't yet. Twenty nine Kansas City. I mean, like we said, they didn't get Ronald Darby. And I think a lot of people right now are wondering what the hell Brett Beach is doing because they, they got Honey Badger and they really haven't done anything else. Yeah, and they missed, I I think, on some other targets. Earl Thomas, out there, maybe. You can say it now. <laughs> right. So missed on a lot of other secondary targets. I don't know what they're so, doing. So I'm going to give them a secondary target. Normally, this is where we'd have DeAndre Baker go. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Byron Murphy. I, I think he's more of a fit of what they're trying to do. Uh, I, there will be people who question that and say, well, isn't he kind of like Kendall Fuller? I don't think he's just a slot corner. Like, go back yeah. and watch him. Um, I, Maybe it was the Pac-12 championship game. I should have looked before I went on this rant about it. He locks up on the outside. I think he had two picks in that game. One was kind of just like a the ball went right to him, but it was a difficult catch. But his ball skills, his instincts, his ability to to you know click his feet, close on the ball, like he's aggressive, even though he's not the biggest guy in the world. So I look at him and think he can play outside corner at 5'11, yeah. 190. I'm fine with it. I, I totally agree. I definitely think he can be an outside corner, and I would love for him to fall to the Chiefs. I just think there are some other teams in front of them that need corner too much for him to be at pick 29, which is why I'm going with Garrett Bradbury. 
If there's not a corner there, I don't think you need to go after Nasir Adderley at safety because you have the Honey Badger, and I like Armani Watson, what he can do in that defense. I'm going to sure up that interior offensive line. I think Bradbury's a very good center prospect, and you just lost Mitch Morris. You're going to have to find a center. You might as well do it here, and then instead of just waiting and hoping one of these guys falls to you in the second round, go take Bradbury and then look for some corner value in the second round. And they did throw a little bit of money at Austin uh, Ryder, who bounced around the league, and he filled in when Mitch got hurt. But Garrett Bradbury's a major upgrade, major. Like, he is uh, such a good player that I have him coming off the board shortly. So 30 for Green Bay. They, like we said, they went wild in free agency, locking dudes up left and right. But the one need that they still have that I'm not convinced that Josh Jones, who they drafted uh, two years ago in the second round, like, he really hasn't panned out yet and that was another regime's pick now like that was ted thompson so i'm going jonathan abram here you want a difference maker in the secondary put him and adrian amos together and let's just fuck shit up because they (laughs) will kill you like they they will hit and good luck going over the middle you can't abram he might literally kill someone before his career's over and they need a middle linebacker but there weren't any like you said there are two in this class i'm not gonna reach for mac wilson here i'm not convinced that jonathan abram playing I hate the term box safety, but playing up, like he yeah. can take away a lot of the coverage responsibilities that a linebacker would have over the middle. With Jair Alexander, Kevin King, Josh Jackson, like they have some dudes at corner. Just give me Jonathan Abram in there. He would be, he would be a Packers fan's dream with it, the way he covers the middle. Who did field. you have them at twelve? No fan. I agree with you at pick 30, though. I'm going to have Noah Fant come off the board here uh, because Aaron Rodgers does need some targets. I had him take Devin Bush at pick 12. I don't think Noah Fant, he's running a 4-5, being his size up the seam. I don't know if he can fall, but if he does, he won't get past the Packers at pick number 30. Pick number 31, the Los Angeles Rams. This is where Garrett Bradbury comes off the board for me. I know they drafted Brian Allen in the fourth last year. I actually have this belief that Bradbury could play guard and be a really good one if need be. Mm-hmm. So, he moves very, exactly. very well. Like just how well he moves. I'm glad you pointed that out because what he does getting to the second level is why I've always felt that way about him. He's a great center. And if you need a center, like you had him go to the Chiefs, yeah, absolutely. Yep. But his ability to reach at the second level is special. So put him in there, whether it's at center or at right guard. He is a difference maker, and you have to. I think they've done a good job of like they drafted Joseph Noteboom in the third round last year. Like they are trying to get younger and cheaper on the offensive line, which they're going to have to do because all the guys they got to pay. So, this is a smart way for five years to have really an anchor on the middle of the line. And I'm going to address their defense. Uh, they're going to sign some guys, they're going to bring guys back, but I'm going with Nasir Adderley because he is a Swiss Army knife. He can do everything on the defense. Whatever hole you have in the secondary, he can do it. Maybe even able to play outside corner. I doubt it, but he can definitely play slot. Yeah. He can play that box safety. He can play single high. Whatever you need him to do, Nasir Adderley can do it. Well, and they lost little Marcus Joyner to the Raiders, exactly. so this is just like a plug-and-play seamless move. 32, the New England Patriots. They have 12 picks in this draft, by the way. That's ridiculous. It's not uh, Everybody shits on the Browns for like, oh, this didn't help them, all this stuff. The, the Patriots are doing, they're just hitting on the pitch. Yeah. That's the only difference. Irv Smith tied in Alabama as my guy. Gronk is getting old. We don't, I mean, we don't know that he's coming back next year. It hasn't really been decided. They have been so quiet and free to see. Like the one move they made was like, oh, we'll get Michael Bennett. Like, that's it. Like yeah, the, a veteran right. edge guy. Yeah, and they, they did sign, like, some depth receivers, but, like, they are so, so quiet. 
You can do that when you've won six Super Bowls with their 12 picks. I think we see them start to address like the next wave of guys like getting younger at linebacker, mm-hmm. maybe filling out some depth on the D line. But they are almost a true best player available team. I agree. So that's why I have them going Irv Smith. Give Brady another weapon, someone that can be, you know, Edelman is so good. He's probably the best route runner in football. And and hopefully Josh Gordon can get back on the field and be an impact. But Irv Smith in this offense just really sets it up nicely. Yeah. And then you don't have to worry about what Gronk's going to do, which is why I also have him taking Irv Smith. And I know a lot of people are kind of freaking out that they lost Brown to free agency. You just drafted a left tackle last year. He just couldn't yeah. play all that well. Or sorry, that long. He got injured. Isaiah Wynn. So I think that fills that need. So they are a best player available. Like who else they can take? A defensive lineman. It's just who do you want? So they're gonna go get a weapon here for Tom Brady, and it's probably gonna help him get to the Super Bowl at the very minimum. Mello, that is our show for Monday morning. Connor and I will be back Wednesday morning with Tony Jefferson of the Baltimore Ravens joining us for Maybe the whole show. I don't know how long he's going to stay. It's going to be a while. He's going to be Don't give him a time limit. No time limit. We're definitely going to ask him about the fact that he now has to play with a Texas Longhorn in that secondary. Oh, the rivalry. Thank you. you. The rivalry (laughs) is going to be real. I'm going to, you could send some questions. I'll ask him to Tony. We'll put him on the spot. So that's going to be a fun show. You don't want to miss it. And then you and I will be back Friday morning with just craziness whatever's happened this week we're going to address it we're going to cover it for you guys with top fives with draft on draft questions so thank you for hanging out on mock draft monday don't forget you can get stick to football now on your smart speaker just open your alexa or your google home app tell them find the stick to football news briefings and then in the morning just say hey google play me stick to football news briefings this lovely voice will read you the news that you need to know about the nfl college football and the nfl draft every morning so we're finding more ways to get you guys stick to football content make sure by the way you have subscribed to stick to football wherever you get your shows apple podcast spotify stitcher tune in so that you get it three days a week for mellow i'm matt and we will be back yelling at you wednesday morning